I invite you to have a seat. And as we continue looking at the legacy of Martin Luther, we do so knowing that his legacy really is to connect people to Jesus and point them back to Jesus time and time again. But the story of Martin Luther doesn't just start and end there. The story and legacy that we, we know and love of Martin Luther starts with confusion at work. All right, how many of you have ever been confused by something that was done at work or in school? There's, there's something, some decision, something was changed, and it threw you into a little bit of confusion. Right? Yeah. For me, uh, I recall getting just into the workforce, working at a, a clothing retailer. It's a knockoff of American Eagle. And I walked in one day, and all of our cheap clothing was in the front of the store. And it was really confusing because that's supposed to be what draws people in. And in talking to our manager, we decided to move everything there because of all the theft that was happening. It was cheaper to lose the cheap clothing than it was the more expensive clothing that was in the back of the store. I was confused by this, right? And it doesn't take much to, to see confusion in a workplace around you. If you're a sports fan and you followed any of ESPN this week, you know about the Blackhawks and the cover-ups, right? You, you know about stories about uh, Bernie Madoff and things. And, and so when we come up with confusion in our workplace, we have a decision to make. Do we begin to start questions and processing through it and trying to figure it out? Or do we go into self-preservation mode? And when we're in self-preservation mode, it's all about me. And we get ourselves into situations where we begin to lie or, or cheat or things that just revolve around us and making whatever company or school or test look better, right? So Luther, as he is uh, becoming a priest, he begins to have questions. And he has confusion, about what he's learning and about what he's supposed to be teaching. And so we know about the 95 theses that were posted on the church door in Wittenberg. But even before those 95 theses, a month earlier in September, he posted 97 theses. And these theses aren't to just change the church outright. This is a, a way of starting conversation, right? And, and it's a common way of starting conversation. It's not just Luther who is, is trying to uh, talk to the people around him, the academics, the other priests, the other people who would know and understand what the Bible was saying. Luther set out to have a conversation because he was confused. He didn't set out to correct all of the wrongs all over the world. In Luther's mind, it went like this. If it's all about Jesus, then why are we asking people to pay to have their sins forgiven? If it's all about the Bible, then why can't the people read the Bible and why are we keeping it from them? 
And if we're all in this together, then why am I up here talking in a way that maybe talks down to people if we're all a body of believers? And so Luther started to scratch his head and want to have conversation about these things. And that's why he wrote the 95 Theses, to begin a conversation. That conversation went into much debate. It, it, it's been a thing that's wrote about, been written about a, a lot. And if you want to know what that debate looks like, and in writing, and then the, the different debates that happened um, orally, we have this book. It's called the Book of Concord. And it's got all of that information in there. Where Luther said, I'm confused about this. And the Catholic Church said, you're wrong. And Luther says, oh, look in the Bible. Here it is. And the back and forth that happened with that. But for Luther, his confusion led him to a place where he was beginning to have questions and looking for answers to those questions. And a lot of his confusion rallied around this idea that we are a body of believers, that God has called all of us to be his hands and feet. And he's done that through something called grace, a free gift that's given to us so that we know that we are loved and forgiven children of God. And so when Luther read passages like you're a chosen people, he, he had questions about it. Or once you were not a people, but now you're a people of God. Yes! Yes, you're a people of God. What does that mean? And so Luther started going to the Bible and reading more and more about what it meant to be a people of God. To be filled with his grace. And how does that connect us more and more to Jesus? And so he came across passages like this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. There's this thing in the study of the Bible called hermeneutics. And hermeneutics is trying to figure out what uh, is being said and, and translate that into words that can, that can be used and spoken and so Luther was saying in his own way, you know what? If we want to understand the scripture, we need to go back to the scripture. And so he came across the word grace, and he started to study all the times that grace is used in the Bible. And he began to have a better understanding how it covers everyone. And it's not something you pay for. It's something that's given to us. And so if we're to think about this today, it means that if we're reading the Bible and we're in it and we have a word we're not understanding or we have, we have questions about like grace, we're not going to Wikipedia to get an answer, right? We're going to the scripture to learn what God has to say about that word. And when it comes to grace, it points us to Jesus and it points us to the love and forgiveness we have in him. That free gift. So that we know that in our times of self-preservation, when we don't get it right, he's right there with us. And what an amazing thing 
that is. Along with all this other stuff that is going around in Luther's day, there's some new technology that's being used. And when we think of technology, we think of our live stream. Hey, how's, how's it going? And how awesome it is to have people with us that aren't here in our midst. And we think of Facebook and Twitter, and we think of electronic technologies. That's not the case in Luther's day, right? So when we think of technologies, we got to step way back. And we also have to realize that the church, from the very beginning, was using modern technology to spread the word of God. You see this road that's up here? You know what that is? That's a Roman road. It's a road that the Romans built. And as the first disciples went out to teach and preach into the communities around them, they used these roads. That meant they weren't going on dirt paths, but they were following in the ways of lots of other people and talking to them along the way and making disciples as they went. For Luther, that technology advanced a little bit, and so he had the printing press. And when we think of a printing press, you may think of a copier like we have in the office that can shoot out 200 sheets per minute, right? No, this is like maybe 100 pages per day. And so Luther translating the Bible was a painstaking, long process. But what it did is it helped people get into God's Word. And Luther understood that this was going to be a long process, and he wanted to help people, even if they could not get a hold of a whole Bible, to be connected to Jesus. And so he wrote pamphlets. And in those pamphlets, we get things like the small catechism that help us, even today, understand parts of our worship, like the Apostles' Creed or the Ten Commandments and all these other things to help us be able to relate and connect deeper with Jesus' love and his forgiveness so that we can know the grace that he gives us. And in Luther's search, time and time again, he kept on going back to Jesus. Grace alone connected to Jesus and the gift that he's given to us. Scripture alone is pointing us to Jesus and his work, his life, his death, his resurrection that covers us. You see, when we talk about mercy, we talk about Jesus because his care and compassion cover us just as his grace does. So as we think about Luther's search that led him to Jesus, we think of our own search. We think of what it means for us to be connected, a body of believers, connected into the grace that God has for us. So that in those moments where we find ourselves thinking about self-preservation and we might not get it right, that we're covered And we can go and we can say, God, forgive us. And we know it's there. 
And so we take that information and we move, we go into the world around us and we have to ask, now what? If you spend much time processing with me, you know this question. And, and it's a question of action, not just sitting back and pondering. As we think of God's grace in our lives, now what? My hope is, my hope is that as you get connected more and more to Jesus' love and his forgiveness and the grace that he's given us, you're able to take that into the world around us. And it might not be in huge, powerful ways, but the power of his word may work in the people's lives around you in ways you don't even know. A quick conversation with a barista, a clerk at a bank, sending a note to someone in your office that says it's going to be okay with a word of grace sprinkled in. We have opportunities all around us to share the grace that's been that we know about, that's been given us to us and covers the world. And so how do we take that into the world around us? We have all kinds of means of pen and paper. We've got emails. We've got Facebook. The question is, what does it look like for you? And my hope is that this week you can find some small ways to reach out to to two to three people in your life. Share the grace you know. Share a story of love and forgiveness with them. Tell them it's going to be okay. And share a moment that could be impactful with them. Be Christ's hands and feet to the world around us. As we look at knowing what it means for grace to have touched our lives, so we can share it with the people who are in our lives. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand as we look at confessing our faith. And we do this again through the words of Luther. So as Luther was looking at trying to help people around him, know more about Jesus and, and who he is, he created the, the small catechism that we talked about. And part of the small catechism is uh, uh, what does this mean, right? So he gives you a little bit of information and he asks, what does this mean? And here is the second article of the Apostles' Creed, that ancient creed from the first century. And we ask, what does it mean to be connected to Jesus? And we speak in the words of Luther, I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. 
this is most certainly true. We now enter into a time in our worship of giving back to God and, and just pondering what that grace is and, and what it means to us. And while we do that, we recall our offerings. If you, uh, There's offering plates in the back as you leave worship today. And we have a way that you can connect with us. We'd love to know that you're here in worship. And these little cards in front of you are a way, or the uh, I am here form online is another great way of just letting us know you're here. But also if you have a prayer request, our leadership team takes these prayer requests and we pray for them over the week. And we know God answers prayers. So if you have something that we can lift up for you, please let us know. You may be seated. <laughs> 